This week on the latest episode, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon, we are back with more movies to share, news in the middle of the Oscar season, as well as uh, some other entertainment news that we will hit. We will have all that over the next 60 minutes, and I realize that's a terrible tease, but it's a terrible time. <laughs> entertainment this week, there's not a lot of stuff happening, man, so, but we here, as we are every week. So without any further ado, let's go. Experience life through the eyes of a true film addict. Keeping it real with film Gordon. All right, and welcome to the latest episode, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. I am Tim Gordon. I am joined by Charles Kirkland Jr. What's up, brother? I love it when they call me Big Papa. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I expected, man. And and Shane, uh, I just figured out if we don't react, man, it's just, you know, nobody notices. It's man. too late. You reacted. No, we didn't react. I just said, oh, that's nice, man. <laughs> so welcome to the show this week, man. How you doing, bro? You good? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's, it's hot. What's going on? Are we in summer or what, 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 what season is this right now? I, I, hate to, I hate to say it this way, man, but I will. Um... Monday begin the countdown for the Light Real Film Festival. <laughs> Festival passes being on sale, which will happen on Friday, February the 9th. That's all I see, man. You know how people say, I don't see color. <laughs> all I see, I don't see anything else, man. All I know is I've been preparing for what should be a historic film festival this summer. That's all I can tell you. I'm very, very excited about what we've got coming up. I mean, I know we're going to talk about what we got, what we got, but I mean, you know, every now and then it's, it's good to look out the window. It's good. It, it, you know what? It's funny. My office has a window, and I've been staring at two screens and a bunch of information, and been on the phone for like literally for four days, man. I I don't see anything else. Man. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm happy to see you. It's first time. Matter of fact, I, I haven't been out the house often this week. Man, I, I today I took a break. I said I'm gonna watch a movie that I don't have to review, and so I was sitting at home and I'm watching No Way Out. 1950, Sidney oh, <laughs> I started to scream the line from Planet of the Apes because it would be, get your, get your <laughs> dirty hands <laughs> off me, you ape. Because uh, that's pretty much what Richard Widmark told you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he didn't say that, but that's what. But told, uh, yeah, yeah. some woman's uh, mother, some man's mother came up and said that to him and spit on it in his face. I was like, man, bro. Yeah, Sydney Poitier, and, man. And he just walks out of the hospital. I'm like, dude, yeah, I, somebody would have had hands. Well, you know what's funny? Um, I took a break because I had been watching, like, while I was working on festival stuff, I was watching all these submissions that were coming in. And then I got trapped in this nasty wormhole of watching black exploitation films. <laughs> and I watched, I, I think yesterday, I, I must have watched all of the Sidney Poitier, Bill Cosby ones. So I think it was uh, like a piece of the action. Let's do it again. Uptown Saturday, Saturday night. night, you know, which is, which I tell you for my money, uh, the late, great uh, Paula Kelly, her scene is Peggy Leggy <laughs> in Uptown Saturday Night. It's just still the funniest thing to me. It's just like, brother me! <laughs> it's just funny. Madam Zenobia's boy. We, we, you know what's funny? Um, I've been thinking that since it's the 50th anniversary, 1974, 
It would be nice if we would surprise people with one of these films from 1974. Mm. And I watched a couple of them yesterday. I watched Truck Turner. Oh. Yeah. That's that's Shane. See, this didn't age well. There's good surprises and there are bad surprises. I mean, it's a good movie, but mm-hmm. you know, the fact that Isaac Hayes wanted to star in the movie, he wanted to be Shaft after right. doing the Shaft soundtrack. Not the same. Yeah. Um, what else did I watch this week? I watched I watched some really bad movies. I didn't watch the candy, the candy tangerine man, because I think that's like the worst. Really? Have you ever have you, Shane, no, have you ever seen the candy tangerine man? A guy who's a businessman by day, a pimp by night. He drives a... I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. These are the actual films, man. Well, you know, a, a few years later, they remade it and called it Angel with a girl who was a high school <laughs> uh, student by day and a hooker by night. So I'm like... It, the, the, it, yeah, yeah, he's a, he was a Fortune 500 businessman by day, but he was a pimp by night. I, I just thought the concept. <laughs> I just thought the concept. See, in the 70s, they just had the freedom to do a whole lot of stuff with these movies. Absolutely. Man. You know. Um, oh, and by the way, you remember Nichelle Nichols, who passed away a couple of years ago, who played Uhura. Lieutenant Yohora mm-hmm. on Star Trek. In Truck Turner, <laughs> she plays the madam who is running a stable of sex workers. Um, I was going to use another word, but sex workers. And, um, yeah. 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 I mean, you had the freedom to do a lot of stuff in the 70s, man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, re- I mean, you can really go down. I listed, I printed up a list from Wikipedia of all the black exploitation films. And, mm-hmm. and their list is kind of weird. But, you know, you could spend forever just going through all those movies. I keep trying to encourage uh, the man behind the glass to watch some of these movies because, I, you know, I need you to be in on the joke sometimes when we're doing this stuff, man. I mean, we only tell you about certain films all the time. Now, I can get out of the 70s and we can move into, like, funky 80s stuff you need to watch. Mm. You know, Streets of Fire, you know, (laughs) Eddie and the Cruises. Which was essentially the same movie. Eddie, well, I didn't find out as as dense as I was when I was young. I didn't realize Eddie and the Cruisers was literally like their take on Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Right, it's literally like like the Black Window, the the, the saxophonist, which is you know, Clarence Clarence Clemens. Clemens. Uh, uh. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Streets of Fire, New Jersey boy, you should have right. recognized that. Streets of Fire has um, how do I say this in a nice way? That's the one with Michael Pere, right? The one with Michael Pere. The Michael band. T. What Wilson, was the name? Wilson. What was the name of the band that they were in? Oh. Was it the Satins? It might have been. Yeah, All something right. like that. So, so Shane, the most fire, fictitious band in in movie history. So it's like Robert Townsend, Michael T. Williamson, <laughs> um, Stoney Jackson, and who was the last one? It wasn't Harry Lennox, was it? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. They 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 actually. And what makes it even funnier? is that they're singing I Can Dream About You. And the song is by Dan Hartman, who's a, who's white, a dude, white man, who sung it by himself, but in the movie is four of them who are singing the song. Now, the song is fire. Oh, the song is absolutely fire. I can. Well, see, I don't even want to sing see, it because I don't want to get, get, get sued. Yeah. But it's one of those guys, Dan Hartman, everybody used to thought that the guy was black. Dan Hartman made instant replay. Yeah. I Can Dream About You. What was it? He had, he had a couple of hits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so so 
Shane, pretty much what we do is we go on these tangents. We can do it from decade to decade. Like, if you put us in the 90s and I can start naming a bunch of 90s movies <laughs> that are, like, these kind of, like, groundbreaking films that you should check out. Well, my fi- favorite thing about Streets of Fire is that Michael T. Williamson, I mean, spelled his name, Michael T. Williams. And now it's Michael T. is his name. You, you know how he's morphed that all into one name and put a K yeah, in there. And I don't know where Charles is going with that one. I, I'm just like the <laughs> way he, you know, progressed through his career. So, so what, what a better one would have been in Cornbread Earl and Me. He was Larry Fishburne before yeah, he became yeah, before Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, and by the way, Shane, if you've never seen Cornbread Earl and Me, you should see that because I think that's Fishburne's uh, debut yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, about Jamal Wilkes, who was a basketball star who used to drink orange pop, <laughs> and how through mistaken identity he was dribbling the ball in the rain, and at the same time he was going down the street. Uh, a, a suspect was going down the street, so the police thought it was him and shot him. And you get the famous line from young nine-year-old Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> they killed Cornbread, and he wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> Funny line. I remember it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Look how. Look at Shane. I'm just saying, these are real it's things. A, it's, it's not supposed to be funny, but the way he delivers it is funny. Oh, and hilarious. by the way, before we get out of here, the last black exploitation movie I watched, which is hard to find, but you can only find it on YouTube, is called Melinda from 1972. You told me, uh, uh, Vanetta McGee. And- I, and I, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I'm going to let Shane watch it. Look, look, Shane. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, we, we probably should, yeah, man. We should. But, but the thing about Melinda, which you've seen it before, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Charles... And, and Shane hasn't seen it, so I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put him out there. There's a scene in this movie when Frankie J. Parker, played oh. by, uh, played by uh, what's my man's name, um, dark skin, Panama, <sighs> like West Indian dude. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember his name, but the God, star man. of the film. Uh, there's a scene when he takes Vanetta McKee home, and there is a man who is literally listening through the door, which is the the cringiest, cringiest, (laughs) like, strange... Like, I'm trying to remember, like, when they were about to shoot that scene, like, all right, take three, I'm going to need you to get on the door. And (laughs) look, look, Charles, I I still don't understand that, that, that. Like, that aspect of the scene, but the stuff behind the door? Yeah. Shame. Fire. Yes. Calvin Shane. Lockhart. Yes. <laughs> Calvin Lockhart. Halls of Anger. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, Shane is right. We literally do need to put a list of movies together because I'm re- like, we really good at this. We like literally sitting here. There's no paper. No, nothing on the screen. Look, matter of fact, literally, look, Charles, nothing on the screen. But look, Calvin Lockhart, you just talked about let's do it again. He's in there. Oh, Biggie he played Smalls? B- e- Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. Was he Biggie Small? Yeah. Yes, he was. He was Silky Slim <laughs> in Uptown Saturday Night. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we had Richard Wesley on the show, like, maybe a couple of years ago. Richard Wesley wrote Uptown Saturday Night and Let's Do It Again. And I forgot to ask him, like, where do these names come from, bro? Like, Biggie Smalls, Silky Slim, Slim. Bootin' It Farnsworth. Like, what are these names you came up with, bro? I should, I should text him and be like, bro, 
Break these names down for me. But, um, yeah, man, so that was my Just week the, of watching. real dudes from around the way, man. <laughs> <laughs> my week of just watching uh, crazy black exploitation movies. Um, have you ever seen Lady Coco? No. Lola Falana. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not a good movie. <laughs> but it's Lola Falana. What about Honey Baby, Honey Baby? The mm, late Diane Sands. No. No. Oh, I got one. You said what's the what's the Why? one with my boy from Sesame Street, Roscoe Orman and Diane Sands, where he played the pimp. What was the name of that movie? And she was like the prosecutor. Roscoe Ro- Roscoe Orman. Google Roscoe Orman. Roscoe Orman from I'm, I'm from a- Sesame Street and Diane Sands. For some reason, I'm and like- I saw that that movie was wow. What was it called? Because it had like one of the worst, and when I say worst, like funniest craziest uh, pimp council scenes in the movie. 1972 movie. Willie Dynamite? Willie Dynamite. (laughs) Oh my God. Shane, in Willie Dynamite, Roscoe Orman plays a pimp named Willie Dynamite. And Diane Sands, if you Google whatever her character's name was, was a prosecutor who was trying to take him down the whole movie. And there's a scene where there's a pimp council and a bunch of them are sitting around <laughs> and the guy goes, what we got to do? I forget the word he used because it, was, it wasn't a real word. It's like, extrapolate. <laughs> so yes, some of these movies, man, I watch them like a classic and, and I swear we're going to get out of this segment, man, because this is going long. <laughs> the time is going. The, the one that is really like a comedy to me, even though it wasn't when they first came out, was The Mac. Oh, yeah. Oh, The Mac oh, is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Shane, on a Friday night, you and your girl, you need to go get some food and put The Mac on. And I guarantee you it'll be high comedy in your house. Absolutely. Stick yourself. It's, it's not supposed to be. Stick yourself again. But again. Watch this. <laughs> she, your girl chose me. That's where that line came from. Like, you ever heard that in hip hop? We can go outside and handle this like some gentlemen's, or we can get into some gangster ish. That's from the Mac. Yeah. Your pocket's gonna be swole that, so much they're gonna look like they got the mumps. Crazy. Oh, the Mac movie. is nuts. Not, oh, <laughs> the man. Mac is nuts. But it's a great movie. I mean, it's a it's a movie it, you, you should watch one time to understand the culture of that time in 1973 and the craziness that they were putting on screens for kids like us to watch when I was a kid. I mean, it's like Black Mystery Science Theater. (laughs) 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 Woo! All right. Let's get out of this segment, man. But yes, we do need, uh, since it's Black History Month, and it's funny we're talking about this, we should put a list together of uh, these legendary films from the 70s. And then we can get started. I'll set it as a joke, but you can go into the 80s and do the same thing. Going to the '90s and do the same thing, but so let's let's get to the top story. So coming up a little later on in the show, uh, I hate to say this, 15 minutes into the show, coming up a little <laughs> later on in the show, uh, we will have reviews of several movies, including Lisa Frankenstein, Suncoast again for real, and Bob Marley One Love. Who that? I don't know that dude. Yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> you're the only is one that don't know who Robert Nesta Marley is, bro. It's so, beautiful they have releasing it on Valentine's Day. They releasing it on Valentine's Day. It's a love note, uh, the family's uh, gift to you. Yes. Right? So that's all coming up a little later on. So 
Let's get to the news of the day. And uh, pretty much um, it's February. Mm-hmm. And for the second time this year, mm-hmm. some comedian goes on Club <laughs> Shay Shay and literally airs out all the black comedians this time around, I didn't even fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I refused to listen to a clip. I didn't watch it. I'm just not doing it, man. I mean, the Cat Williams one, I sort of like Cat. So I was interested. You know, nobody had ever done that before. It just gone crazy. Not, not just crazy, but cuckoo crazy on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And Cat did it. And uh, I was like, I'm good. I don't need to see. Like, I don't need every month for, for Sterling <laughs> Sharp. I mean, uh, from, from Shannon Sharp. To, to feature uh, a crazy Somebody comedian crazy. that's just unloading on people every month. What's next month? Linnell? Linnell's on here. She just dropping, man, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Dave Chappelle would never. No, Neither no, would Chris. No, I'm talking about people, because you notice those names never come up. No, no, no. Yeah, those names never come up. Kevin Hart names comes up every month. Every month. <laughs> every month. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that there's is. A, there's a lot of, I mean, I'm just going to be real with you, man. I mean, it's easy yeah, to a go lot for of the people. low-hanging fruit. Well, and Kevin is kind of the low-hanging well, fruit on the well, tree. Uh, no, I was going to say, there's a lot of people. Now, again, I've met Kevin Hart once. I've never hung out with Kevin Hart. I don't know him, right? Um, I don't know what's true, what's not true. Along the way, on the journey, uh, how some people may cross somebody, somebody may feel some kind of way. I was sharing the story with Charles and don't say nothing. <laughs> about what happened to me this week, and not a word. You not are look, look Charles. You are a person in the public eye. You don't know what people's motives are. You just don't. And even when they show you what their <laughs> motives are, you don't know. Shane, we'll talk off air about. Oh, this is uh, a great story. Shane. The week that was actually it happened yesterday, but anyway, um, I say all that to say that. Um, I don't I don't really want to entertain that foolishness. And I, I think it's foolish. And Monique might have a good point, right? She she may feel like she's been wronged. And I get Again. it. Watch this. No, 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 I'm saying seriously. I'm not saying she's wrong or right. I'm just saying that she's entitled to speak her truth. Right? Absolutely. And my point is, is that much like the person who engaged with me, you got the right to either show up or don't show up. Exactly. So <laughs> I choose not to show up. So that's that's the. Do you have anything else on the on the uh, uh, club Shay Shay uh, interview that neither of us listened to? Nope, not a word, not <laughs> okay. a word. Like, like you said, until they come with with uh, wristlets for me to say you 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 should have shown up. I'm not showing up. Wow. So that happened this week. <laughs> but the one that that upset me that happened is we got to go back to Sunday night with the Grammys. Uh, and I thought the Grammy show, I mean, and it's funny because I had a conversation the next day with one of my close friends who's a music guy, like I'm a movie guy, right? So his night is the Grammys. My night, of course, is the Oscars. So he was like, yeah, man, uh, much like the Oscars, the Grammys are a joke. And the fact that Jay-Z got up accepting the Dr. Dre Award, which is is also questionable. Okay. I mean, again, I'm just being real. I'm a guy, right? Now, the misogyny in NWA's music always bothered me from the beginning, right? From the beginning. <laughs> okay. And I'm talking about okay. like 30 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact 
of Dr. Dre and the whole D.D. Barnes thing, that never set never, well with me Never, either, never right? set well. So now the fact that, you know, you, you are a super producer, and I give Dre a lot of credit. He's a very talented individual. And the fact that you are an astute businessman, you and Jimmy Iovine were able to parlay some Beats headphones into like a billion-dollar empire again. True, true. Watch this. True. Props to Dr. Dre. Okay. Naming an award for Dr. Dre at the Grammys, bro. Yeah, that's a little dicey. And then Jay-Z wins the award. Say, Look, and then Jay-Z wins the award. I'm gonna, I, I could have said something, but, you know, we've talked about another uh, no, no, iconic no, figure right. in, in black cinema who, you know, has faced a downturn in his life. Oh, um, you mean the person whose court date got pushed back to April? No, that's not who I, you mentioned him earlier in one of the movies that you've been watching this week. Oh, Dr. Cosby. Yeah. I mean, it, what would it be like if the Oscars named award after Bill Cosby? <laughs> after Bill Cosby? Okay. Be a little cringy. Nobody, want, <laughs> it's a little nobody cringy. wants the Cosby. And so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's, yeah. it's, 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 so, yeah. So, so, so the fact. So let me make sure I get this right. Grammys. And I just, again, this is this is me and you talking, Shane's on the other side of the glass, and the audience at home. Dr. Dre, checkered history. Mm. Jay-Z, who literally told you on multiple albums what he was doing before he was in music. Mm-hmm. There's a song called Empire State of Mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the lyrics because I don't remember because I'm not a Jay fan like some folks are. But uh, Jay has a checkered history. Oh yeah. So I'm just saying now. Now again, I'm not passing judgment. This is keeping it real with Film Gordon is a judgment free zone, right? I'm literally saying that none of us are our worst day or our worst experiences. Okay. But saying that. There's room for growth. I'm still not. Uh, I, I watch this. You talking to, or you listening to a man, and Charles knows this is a true story. Shane does not know this. When we initially created the Black Real Television Awards, and we were trying to create a uh, uh, kind of a named Lifetime Achievement Award, what was the name that we came up initially that we were going to put on the award? It's not, I mean, for Lifetime Achievement in Television, who would we have picked? Bill Cosby. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then the powers the that be. H, the William H. Cosby. Look, look, look. And the powers that be was like, that's not going to nah. happen. That's not going to happen. Sorry. Can't do it. Diane Carroll, step up. <laughs> <laughs> but it can't be Bill Cosby. And it's funny because in all these movies I named, you he's, know, it was Bill he's Cosby. Star. He's a star. He's a star. Matter of fact, I was watching, uh, I want to say it was either Piece of the Action or Let's Do It Again. He has this kind of dance where the woman is dancing and he bends down like he's underwater. <laughs> Have you seen him do that? It's the yeah. weirdest thing. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, Bill. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know. It was, it was cool 50 years ago. Might have been. Might have been. Might have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. My, my, how things change. But needless to say. It's like seeing the Luther doc and everything is different now when you look. Well, no, so, but see, the Luther I'm, I'm doc saying, is I'm not, not cringy. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It, but Luther do, doc is very introspective. But again, everything you hear from Luther after seeing the doc changes for you. <laughs> yeah. 
So you know, it's, it's the same. When, when he sings, that, when, when you see the doc and you hear you hear the any love story, any, any love, love story is just it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And Guy you know, was like, he wasn't looking for he wasn't looking for love. He was looking for any, any love. Any love. Like, damn. Dang. Whew. Man had everything. Man didn't have any love. It did, wow, think about that. Didn't have any love. Oh, right. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Okay, so, damn, Charles, you keep bringing us down. I keep trying to bring us to these heights. <laughs> and you go, man, what about, oh, man, don't go Luther. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, 24 minutes into the show, uh, Charles arranged for a documentary to be sent, to be submitted to the Light Rail Film Festival uh-huh. uh, that came from Slam Dance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And sent me a, a text to go, you need to get some tissues when you watch it. And I was like, you're too late. I already, I already watched it. <laughs> it's great. It's great. No, but I'm just saying, man, I mean, films this year are great. Night Wheel is, is slamming. Well, let me tell you it's something. I, and I'm not saying that because, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to be that real with the audience today. Because there was some years, bro. I mean, everything look, starts look, look. off a little rocky. A little rocky. <sighs> but not this year. Speaking of which. Yes, sir. Condolences go out to the family of Carl Weathers. We, we, oh, we were so yeah. uh, broken up. I, I was expecting to see him at the Super Bowl this year because he's been doing all these commercials with well, Gronk. He has. He's, he will be at the. He will he be in the Super Bowl in a commercial? And he might be in, in a commercial, but <laughs> yes. it's just going to feel weird to see him uh, in a commercial. Yeah, I mean, we lost Carl Weathers this weekend. Then we actually lost the final living surviving member of the Spinners. Yeah. Henry, and it's funny because I was talking to our program director, Max Myrick. He was like, which one was he? I said, oh, that's easy. You'll listen to games people play and the Dude. one that sounded like he was a woman. I was like, because for years I thought it was a woman when I was a kid. I was like, who is that woman in the spinners? And that was Henry. <laughs> how, how do you pronounce Kimbro. Kimbro. Fambro. 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 Yeah, I, I still, I, I swear, I need to be in the room and have some video of him in the room doing it because when I saw him on... Soul Train, I was like, man, you can get anybody to lip sync some lyrics. That's not him. Because it just looks, because he looks I, nothing. nothing. His he, voice he sounds looks like he should have the, like, like he a looks. deep, gravelly voice. But he comes out with, hey, see, Bobby. I'll be like, what? Oh, my God. This is not yeah. real. <laughs> Shane, uh, yeah, Shane, watch this. I always do this for Shane because Shane's a young dude. Shane, are you a Spinners guy? Have you ever listened to the Spinners? Uh, he's he, he's from Ohio. Yeah, it's true, but that doesn't mean anything. Shane could have ran out Come of the room and listened to something else. But the Spinners were man in the mid seventies. The Spinners, boy, yeah. Spinners and the OJ's, boy. That yeah. Philly sound. Those cats was killing it. And then, of course, Felipe. When my God, mighty love. Mm. Uh, whenever you get a chance, people <laughs> at home, Google uh, mighty love. The Spinners at the 1975 Grammys. Just Google and watch that performance. It's like nine minutes long. Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't think I know Oh, that and one. by the way, when go you Google it, it so. make sure you look for Stevie Wonder, yeah. who was sitting in the front row, who was jamming. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> Watching everything. Wow. <laughs> so disrespectful. 
So dis I know, I, I know. Even Shane, like so disrespectful. Y'all know Stevie can see. Don't play. Man, Don't play. That, that, you know, I, I'm not saying anything, man. Stevie, Stevie Wonder Man is legendary. We've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks with the greatest night in pop, which is streaming right now. Shane, have you had a chance to see that one? Oh, it's man. not. Yeah, you gotta catch up, man. You're missing out on a lot of programming, bro. Okay, that's cool. Your girlfriend's <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> that's Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you saw my look. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. that's cool. Right. Wait a minute. Yeah, Shane, that's good. <laughs> All right. And by the way, you should do a double feature. What was the thing we told him to watch? Uh, the Mac. The Mac. You can watch the Greatest Night of Pop on the Mac. That'll be a great double feature. For you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We're at 28 minutes after the hour. Um, the other big announcement today, which I say for you because I know you're a comedy guy, is that Dave Chappelle announced the third uh, special that he is doing, uh, that he's producing. And he's doing this one for Ashy Larry. Donnell Rollins is getting his own special. Uh, this was recorded back in November. It's going to premiere on Netflix on February the 27th. And I think it's called... Home, like Dave Chappelle, hometown or something like that. So uh, what are you thinking about Donnell Rollins getting the hour produced? Well, I says directed by Stan Latham, produced by Dave Chappelle. I mean, hey, man. Good. I'm glad for uh, Donnell. I'm, uh, you know, I'm real happy for him. So this is the third one. The first one, of course, was real Earthquake. Donnell. He did. Uh, the second one was Linnell. 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 And now Donnell Rollins. Yeah. Congratulations, Donnell. Way to go, Ashley. You ain't got, you ain't got nothing else. That's it. That, that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm, I'm happy for him. Wow. I'm happy for him. Yeah, you don't sound like a man that's happy. <laughs> you sound like a man. Right, 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 right. Charles. <laughs> Charles, Charles is not. There's only one reason why you're bringing this up, Tim Gordon. Sir, I, mean, I'm, I, just, I, am, I brought I this up because this, this song, this, this, this story dropped three hours ago. And I thought you needed to know about this. This is pretty good stuff. He's a DC Another boy. Another DC boy. I know. I know. I, yeah. I'm saying this for the audience, not for you, man. Oh, okay. Because you, 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 you like are, I don't know who Donnell is. Man, he got some Morton salt on from, him with this from one. From Ashy to Classy. That's he like, he like <laughs> Stop it. Salty. Stop it. I, look, look. I was like, what's up, Charles? What did you think? He was like, uh, <laughs> And why? Okay, so I know, no, people, no, people, no, no, no. We're not going there. For we're not going who there. Are not familiar with your history. Thirty with minutes into the show, folks. We're going to review. Why is this? Why is we're this so hard three for you, movies. man? We got Suncoast. We got. Come on, let's move on. Move on. <laughs> I am. I have nothing but love for Donnell Rawlings. I'm happy for him. I am sincerely. I'm I'm happy for him. I can't wait to see it. I we, wish we I would hear the I, words coming I out of your mouth. I wish I could have been but there. But your actions are not. I wish up. I could have been there when they recorded it. I, I, that's how much I love him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Stop, Shane. <laughs> uh, for for people who are at home trying to figure out where why Charles is doing this, Charles has a history, and it's not a bad history. It's not a it's bad just, history. Charles has a history with Dave Chappelle that Charles didn't believe the, as much as Dave believed, because had he believed enough, 
he would be with Dave right now instead of with us. I'm not living in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. Like, Charles is like, dang it, Donnell! <laughs> but no, but I, I, but seriously, I've seen Donnell. I think he did a, 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 a kind of like 20 minutes with Snoop a couple of years ago, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, something yeah. else. So, I want to find out, uh, you know, because. The shot that Dave gave Earthquake, I thought was funny. Earthquake oh, yeah. crushed it. Yeah, he did. Um, Linnell. She was, I mean, she's Linnell. I mean, she's Linnell. Yeah. It's not exactly my line of humor, but right, she's right. good. Donnell she's good. Rollins, I'm looking forward to this one. So, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to let you know, Donnell Rollins is extremely funny. He, I mean, he's, he's very creative, and, and, you know, I like his work. So, I, I'm hoping this is going to be good. All right, that's yeah. good. No, that's what we wanted to hear, man, because we weren't going to let this go until you had, <laughs> until your actions matched up. Because both Shane and I were looking at you like, hmm. <laughs> Y'all wow. want to create stuff, man. I'm happy yeah, for the we're man. We're not creating happy stuff. Happy for the man. Oh, and by the way, before we start re- reviews, um, you're making me sound like um, Abbott Elementary came back last night yeah. with a one-hour episode. Um, I missed it, though. I, uh, well, I saw it, uh, some of it. I uh, think I slept through some of it. But pretty much, I thought they did a good job because what they did was that since the show was delayed several months, they actually did an episode that was like five months of oh, stuff okay. that had happened in the past, and they kind of updated it. So I thought it was creative. You okay. know, there's a reason why Quinta Brunson and the, and the team at Abbott Elementary have won multiple Black Real Awards and Emmy Awards. And, you know, it's just a good show. It's a great show. It's really a good show. So Abbott Elementary, if you haven't had an opportunity, you got ABC.com. You can go back and check it out. All right. It is now time for us to start talking about movies. 33 minutes into the show. Charles Kirkland, how are you feeling about the movies, man? Now, this week, I know you, out of these three, you've seen... I've seen two of the three. You've seen two of the three, and I've seen two of the three. So but I'm, I'm getting ready to watch one of the films that we're going to talk about tonight. So And uh, I, am about, I am not about to watch the film that I missed. So, <laughs> so we are, we are uh, we Yeah, because there's no there. screeners available for that one. All righty. So, let's start off. First and foremost, with the movie that I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and now I've had some more time to sit with it. And of course, that movie is Suncoast, which is a coming-of-age drama written and directed by Laura Chen in her feature directorial debut. And it film stars, of course, Laura Linney, Nico Parker, and Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Now, Chen's screenplay was included in the 2020 Blacklist, and it is based on Chen's life experiences from the early 2000s. Thousands. Now, of course, the premise of this film is is a semi-autobiographical coming-of-age story about a young woman dealing with her brother's serious illness. Yeah. All right, Charles. um, Haven't seen it. You haven't seen this one. Going to watch it tonight. I have. Uh, uh, Talk about it. Caught caught this one at Sundance. And, um, of course, the film is this really starts off. Kind of like a, a very Sundancean indie, right? You know, <laughs> no, I mean, when I say that, I mean Sundance. There's certain Sundance has a certain <clears throat> profile of the sorts of films that have played there, right? And this one feels like, like I, I'm using the phrase like a verb, a Sundancean indie. Uh, of course, uh, Nico Parker plays uh, young Doris, who cares for her paraplegic brother, who has no speech. 
And we find out as the film evolves just how sick he is. Right. She's in the middle of her senior year in high school, and she wants to go out and have fun like her friends, but she is tasked with adult responsibilities at a very young age. Her mother, played by Laura Lenny, I'm assuming works in a restaurant, I assume. Um, and her, she's out, you know, as Donna Summer would say back in the day, working hard for the money. Uh, well, and coming home, and she's too tired to do anything else. And, but she wants to be there for her son, and she stays on top of her daughter to make sure her daughter, Doris, is taking care of said son. Right. right? Um the film, which takes place in 2005 in the same town that Terry Schiavo is in, Central mm. Florida. And uh, the reason why that's important is because the brother is forced to go into hospice in the very hospital that Terry Schiavo is in. And at this hospital, there are a group of protesters. And one of the protesters is played by Woody Harrelson, mm. who has recently lost his wife and sees something in young Doris that connects the two of them, right? Okay. So while the mother is sort of ignoring her and, you know, caring all about her brother and not really addressing her needs as a young woman, Woody Harrelson sort of steps in and is there as a sounding board and listening, teaches her how to drive and all of the other things and fills in. And then, of course, she wants to be closer to her friends in uh, high school. So there's a couple of instances where, you know, she makes friends and invites them over to the house. And, of course, you know, at some point, all of this is going to come to a head and it's going to go inexplicably and terribly wrong. So a, yep. this film, of course, being a coming of age story, is just a slice of life, which features an updated imitation of life ending, which I saw coming a oh. mile away, <laughs> which I saw coming a mile away. Oh. Uh, but Suncoast is a wonderful film. And Nico Parker, by the way, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is the daughter of Tandaway Newton. And she looks almost like her. She, does. she picks up her mom's characteristics. Suncoast is by far a really good, I mean, it's a good movie. I wouldn't call it a really good movie. It is far from a bad movie. It's probably like more of a C plus. Hmm. It's a movie that, you know, it's it's a movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it to be funny. It's a movie. Um, I think that's the whole point. And, and no, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, right? When we talk about the most memorable movies are movies that are either really, really good or really, really bad. Suncoast is sort of in the middle. Yeah. Um, it will be fine on at home on Hulu uh, this weekend when you're watching it. And then when something else new comes on Hulu, you will put this one to the side. You and better get, hurry up and watch get it. Get to the next movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with uh, Suncoast, man. So any questions? No. You said C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a character in this movie, by the way, called Sweet and Low. Sweet and Low? Sweet and Low. Okay. I don't make this stuff up. All right, on to the next movie, which, again, I'm going to shut the heck up and let Charles carry this one. And this movie, of course, is called Lisa Frankenstein. Lisa Frankenstein is a I, 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 
I, I do the setup, man. I, okay, I, come on, man. I do the setup. I, you and said you were going to give it to me. I thought uh, you were no, going to no, let no. me do the setup the, and everything. Mm, but okay, mm, go ahead. Mm, Knock yourself out, it's Chief. Keeping it real with Film Gordon. All right, Film Gordon Pippen. Lisa Frankenstein is a hard comedy directed by Zelda Williams and her feature length directorial debut. The film, of course, written by Diablo Cody. Ah, nice touch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stars Catherine Newton, uh, Cole Sprouse, Liza Sobrano, Henry Eichenberg, uh, some other people I'll ignore, and then Carla Gugino. We like her. We do like her. We like her. Now, this this movie, of course, is inspired by Mary Shelley's 1818 novel, Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus. And the film tells the story of a misunderstood teenage goth girl who reanimates a Victorian-era corpse and works to make him into the man of her dreams. Charles Kirkland, what you got? Everything that you said there was not really true. Uh, this movie, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this much. I do, uh, uh, Cole Sprouse, who we know from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, mm-hmm. he he plays this role in this movie where he never, spe- well, he rarely ever speaks. Uh, and it's not until the end of the film he actually uses his voice, but it's a whole lot of grunts and groans, and that's what people were in the theater were feeling as well. Um, oh, I just, uh, I, I love Diablo Cody. I love the work that she's done in the past, but this movie just kind of fell flat. It, it didn't, it wasn't, we didn't know whether it was a horror. We didn't know whether it was a comedy. We didn't know whether it was a romance. And they just put all the stuff in here together, and it just didn't really fit together. And um, uh, Catherine Newton is fun to watch, and she plays a character called Lisa Swallows. Yes, and there's jokes in the movie about her name. But I don't. I, I, and as I'm watching the film. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is this supposed to be funny? Uh, is this supposed to be cute? And, and and so there's a lot of cuteness. There's a lot. There's a little bit of horror. There's a, I mean, because at some point in time, as as this guy is reanimated, they they have to find body parts for him, and so they go out and start killing people to put body parts on him. And so so yeah, it's so it's kind of, it, and you would think that maybe it's, this is going to be a horror. Because, you know, when they start slashing and killing, but it's real tame in that you don't really see people dying or getting, there's some blood splatter here and there, but it's not really a horror. It's not really a comedy. It's not really, I wish that they had just chosen a direction. It felt like a a, a poor man's version of Edward Scissorhands in that um, it, uh, where Tim Burton is creative and, you know, the story works well. This one just just was like a exploitation of that type of film. It, it had some animation in the beginning, and uh, I, I just wish they had chosen a better lane for the movie. Now, now when I walked out of the theater, I said, this, this thing is delightfully twisted. And, and I think I was misquote—I I think they misunderstood what I meant, and they were delightfully— and then it was twisted, but it should have been one or the other, not both of them together. And so the guy was like, oh, that's a good review. I'm like, no, it's not a good review. I'm like, I, this, this movie is not very good at all. And um, afterwards, after the movie was over, I had to go out and get some refreshments to, you know, and, and have an experience to pep myself up after what I had seen, which was pretty bad. Carla Gugino is in, in the movie, and she's, you know, Carla Gugino, she's... 
she's nice to look at, but she's not very fun to see. <laughs> so overall, overall in this movie, I, I would I would say D plus at, at best for yeah. Lisa Frankenstein. D plus. Wow. So Shane, uh, did you get the point at any of that what Charles just went through, like trying to figure out whether he was saying something really positive about the film or something negative? I was just sitting there at the wall. I was like, hmm. Okay. And that's the way the movie makes you feel. You don't you, when you get finished with it, you're like, "Was Did that you just say a D plus?" I said a D plus. Damn, man, that's like one. That's like a half a star away from an F. Right. Damn. Well, no, that's, that's like one. Oh, and I'm a sorry. Star. One and a star. One <laughs> and a half. I mean, so there's D plus, D minus, F. Right. D plus D, D minus F. Okay. F plus. We F, are we are still in that we still but in that F range. Yeah, we're we're right down there. Though. We're down in the F troop range. All right. So wow. So I gave uh my film a C plus. You 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 opened me and went to a really D plus. Just, I really should have just said D though. The more I think about the movie, the more I hate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at Shane's face. I love it. All right, well. Uh, so stay we, home and watch Suncoast. That's all. So we watch Suncoast. <laughs> we, we review Suncoast and Lisa Frankenstein. So let's get to the big movie of the week because there's a lot of conversation. And this one is, uh, of course, the highly anticipated Bob Marley One Love. And of course, this film uh, is based on the life of Robert Nesta Marley. Uh, and, you know, from his rise to fame until his death in 1981, and I'm just going to call BS on that, but I'll I'll save it for a minute. <laughs> it is not. No, no, no I'm sorry. No, Hold on a second. Let me read. Let me read what they wrote, and then I'm going to tell you the truth, right? What they wrote, Charles, is that one love, Bob Marley, One Love is from a story of from uh, Sopranos writer Terrence Winter. Uh, and Frank E. Flowers, and it is based on the life of reggae singer and songwriter Bob Marley from his rise to fame until his death in 1981. The film stars Kingsley Benadire as Marley alongside Lashana Lynch as Rita Marley and James Norton as Chris Blackwell. Now, I'm just going to call BS because the movie is not the story of his rise until his death in 1981. Now, those no, elements no, might have been in the film. Mm -mm. The film mm -mm. was about 1976 to 1978. Right. With Three flashbacks years. to when Bob was a kid and some forward shots. No, to, it, wasn't, it wasn't a forward shot. It was just the taglines <laughs> that they put up at the end of the movie that talk right. about so, the future. Which, which is ironic <laughs> because that was my issue with this movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. My issue with this movie going in is that if you, and, and I promise you, I'm not making this up. I don't know if Charles has ever been to my house. I have, I don't know, like five Bob Marley books at my house. I got like, the, I am a Bob Marley stan. So this is like the second wow. movie I saw in January where I went in Knowing and like, I knew the story. Like Luther Vandross, I know the story. I know Luther Vandross. I know Bob Nesta Marley's story, right? Right. Backwards and forwards, right? All the songs. And what I will say going in is that this movie has several elements that I think work really, really well in the film, right? Um, I think Kingsley Benadire 
playing Bob Marley. Now, Bob Marley is hard to capture, right? And the reason why this is also personal for me is I don't know if I ever shared this with you. No. But one of the, like, I've never produced a movie before. Okay, okay. But the one movie I had been thinking about for 20 years of doing was this movie, Mm -hmm. right? I had the shots in my head. Like, I was thinking about... Um, what's my man's name from Silver Spring? Um, Ely. Michael, Michael Ely. Ely. I was going to cast Michael Ely as my Bob Marley. I even told Michael Ely when I interviewed him years ago, like, if I was ever doing Bob Marley, it would be you, right? Um, I hey, thought about, like, pull, using, yeah, 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 okay. using the Ray model of, like, how they told the Ray Charles story. I had this scene in my head of, like, Bob Marley uh, in a stadium in Jamaica and, you know, somebody would announce, <laughs> greetings in the name of... And then, you know, Bob would come out and go, Ja, Rastafari. <laughs> I, I, that's what I was thinking in my head years ago if I was to ever produce a Bob Marley film. Right. So I come into this movie and I'm like, let me see what they've done. I, I want you to have my vision. Well, no, no, I don't necessarily want you to have my vision, but I wanted to see what your vision was. Okay. And to Charles's point, the movie starts with like these, I don't what will you call them? Like, not postscripts, but like, I don't, I don't like 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 introduction. Right, words on the screen. screen they're showing yeah. us about. So Bob so Martin. they they move the whole instead story instead of up. telling us the story. Right, they, instead of telling you the story, Shane, they move the story all the way up to 1976 to the point where Bob is in Jamaica right before, right before they before try the... to kill him. Right? right, and that's where the movie starts. Right, so then. Bob sends his wife, played by by Lashana Lynch, Lynch, to to wonderful to job that she does in the film. He goes to London and he's developing Exodus, which is his signature album. Mm. Right, so the movie tells the story from that point to the point that he creates Exodus, comes back to Jamaica. And then is about to play the concert, and that's the movie, along with a about lot of about to play the concert, about to play the concert, not play the, the concert. concert. And we got a lot of backstory of of Rita Marley introducing Bob to Rastafarianism. We have uh, some of the the elders. We have stories along the line. I, I, my issue with this film, and I could not articulate it. Like the day I saw it, I was like. It's something about this movie. I just can't put my finger on it. And what I figured out is that it was a film that needed a lot of Marley cooperation to get made. Like the family, there's a lot of Marleys, right? Bob had 12 kids. Yeah. There's a lot of Marleys that had to sign off on this script. Martin Scorsese tried to make a Bob Marley film back in 2015. Couldn't get all of the Marley signatures on the screen. So this is a good thing that they got all the Marleys, but it's a bad thing because the Bob they give us is not the revolutionary Bob. He's kind of like, you know? There's a reason why it's called One Love because he's just like a lovey, peaceful. It's not. He's almost not. He's a Rastafarian hippie. Pretty much. Pretty much. And and the other thing is they didn't want to put because Bob had 12 kids, man. So Bob was out being Bob. Yeah. And the film doesn't show you that. The mm-hmm. film has him with Rita during this time period, which might be true. Okay. But it's a very sanitized Bob. Very, very, very And much that's so. my issue with One Love. Now, the, the other thing that I was going to say that it had going for it is since the family signed off, 
It has all of Bob's music. The music is fire in the movie. The music, which, oh, by the way, Chris Bowers did the score Chris Bowers does for the this score. movie. I'm like, <laughs> when does Chris ever rest? Chris does the score. Chris did. Did Chris do Origin? He did Origin. He did the color purple? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love Chris. Now, I'm not hating Chris. We love you, Chris. Chris, you we my dog. We love you, man. Chris but is my man, but take a nap. Bruh. <laughs> Go on vacation. Turn some work down, bruh. He is like the go-to scorer for every black movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So, having said that, man, um, I'm a little disappointed in the Bob I got. Um even down to that, that I mean, that third act, man, last scene in the movie, Charles. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I was like, was kind of, I was like, word. That's that's what you gotta do. It's shame. <laughs> word. That that's what we doing. That's how we gonna end the movie. Yeah. Sorry. When you write that, I've been writing it all my life. <laughs> it's like word. <laughs> wow. So for for in a in a in a in a, in a four star category. This is two and a half stars. Ooh, I, I need, it's I need, two and a half I need, stars. Do, I need letters. Oh, you need letters? I need letters. Okay. Uh, that's a C plus. <laughs> that's a C plus, man. I mean, because because I mean, they every, give you they give you all the bob you, that you're supposed to get, and this is the performances. I think Kingsley Benadier is really good. He captures Bob's nuances. Yeah. He doesn't capture him to the point where like Jamie Foxx captured Ray Charles right. or Denzel Washington captured Malcolm X. But it was pretty but good yeah, in this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, it's pretty C good plus. in this sanitized version of C Bob plus. Marley. He's not really Bob Marley to me here. I mean, as far as the music goes, I'm I'm down with it. I'm I'm glad. But I think uh, the direction, I don't know. I I just wanted a little bit of edge, a little bit more story. A little bit more. And, um, and you talk about the direction. The director of this Reynaldo is Marcus Reynaldo Green. Marcus Green, whose last film was King Richard. Yeah. So. So I mean, we know that he we know he knows how to put together a story, but uh, he didn't he didn't do too much here. Wow, I, I'm deeply disappointed by this, and I'm not saying I'm disappointed. For the audience, because I'm disappointed for the audience too, but I'm disappointed for me. Yeah, I've been waiting all my life to see a Bob Marley movie, man. You and still like, don't have it. You still don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> everyone asks me, "What do you think of the movie?" I'm like, "It's just okay. It's just okay." I mean, I'm sorry, Shane. If you want to, if you want to hear some of Bob's music, to see this, man. And and I'll be honest, there are times when Chris Bowers' uh, music in here takes me away from the from the movie I, because it's it's. Santa, it's not even sanitized, but it's just off-putting in comparison to the reggae music. So when you his score drops, and there were a couple times when it was loud, I was like, oh, what is that? Why are you doing that? One of my favorite songs in this movie is one of my favorite Bob Marley songs, which, again, if you go on YouTube and you type in War... Uh, from the Rainbow <laughs> Room in, in London in 1977... Everywhere this I love Bob Marley, man. And I wanted to love this movie a lot more. And twas not to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but man. I almost but, feel like I let the audience down because we've been teasing them about this for weeks. I mean, when it was announced way, way, way back, we were like, yeah, we've been thinking about this movie for months. Bob Marley. For man. months. Bob Marley one love, man. <sighs> Mm. <sighs> Not so much. 
Yeah, it's not. Now, Lynch is really good. Like I said, she's she's fantastic in this film. I think that sometimes she outshines uh, Kingsley Benadire in this film. So, so the other thing, think about this real quick because we got several minutes. Okay, there's no Peter Tosh in this movie. Nope. There's no Bunny Whaler. Nope. I personally would have loved to have seen this film retooled and cover 1970 to 1980. Right, so the rise of the whalers. Yeah, you having those three guys in. Let's say those guys leave. The story of Miss Jamaica, who Bob was having an affair with, that inspired uh, stir it up. Story. I'm just saying, the man. Marlins I'm, are I'm, not I'm telling let you, you what I'm saying. Story. Catch a fire, exodus. You know the cancer I mean, diagnosis. That's what I was. That's what I went in there thinking I was going to see. A Bob Marley film that would give me the full scope of Bob Marley, not. A couple of years in the life of Bob Marley, because I mean saying. he was. I mean, there's Exodus, there's Catch a Fire in in this in the movie. No, 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 no. There's a mention of Catch a Fire, but they're working yeah, on Exodus. They're working on yeah. In the, in the film, uh, yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. It, it's <laughs> I, I, it, it's funny because. They mention Bob Marley and the Whalers, but they never mention anybody other than Bob Marley. Right. So, I mean, it's like there's three other guys there, right? I mean, we see them in the studio recording for for one session, and that's it. Yeah, everything else. Amen. It's nothing. Amen. Well, you know, again, biopics are really hard, man. I mean, because it always depends on how much of a story you're going to give people, right? So in the case we keep bringing up Ray and Malcolm X, those are biopics that went cradle to the grave, right? Right. And, and in both of those cases, you feel like you got enough and that they were able to condense stuff, move stuff around. But when you do these stories that are just kind of like, you know, I'm going to give you a couple of years. Another good example of a biopic was Tina Turner's biopic, What's Love Got to Do yeah, With It? Yeah. That was very well done. Right. Um, you know, so again, like I said, I think the biopics are hard, but I think what hampered this one is the family wanted Bob to be portrayed a certain, a certain way yeah, yeah. and in a certain light. And they were just like, they just weren't willing to go there where the audience needed to go to give us a full portrait of Bob Marley. And that's what the film is missing, man. So we got 30 seconds, man. Anything else before we get out of here? It's very rare that you're going to hear me say it, but this movie needed to be longer. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> or it needed to have more scope. Yeah, because yeah. Bob's life was amazing. Yeah. So we don't, you don't get the sense of just why Bob was so special in a very truncated, sanitized, music-stuffed biopic. There you go. Damn, write that down and put that on the poster. All right. <laughs> so on behalf of my man Charles Kirkland and the man behind the glass. The one they call Shane Lewis, or as we call him on the street, Sugar Shane. Uh, I'm Tim Gordon. Uh, until next week, man, we out. Enjoy your love day. Charles, I didn't even ask you what you're doing. And don't tell me. Uh, until next week, peace. You guys take care. Peace. Peace.